things have really changed in the field of communication. When you think about how communication has changed and you think about some of the technology that we've used in the past, there's some young people, if they were to see the kind of phone that we have on the slide, they would say, I don't know how to use it. And there have actually been some videos of young people struggling to use a rotary dial phone. The Bible has a lot to say about communication. One of the places where we read about communication is back in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 7 and 8. You find that there were some women who were communicating. The women were communicating about two men, Saul and David. Women were talking about the success of David and King Saul, and Saul did not like what he heard. For today, and maybe for another Sunday or two, we want to think about Christian speech, or the tongue. In these lessons, I want to deal with passages which come from the book of Proverbs and nowhere else. When you start looking at Proverbs, you have some general Proverbs about speech. That's what we want to cover today. But you also have some Proverbs which are somewhat categorized. You have the tongue of the wise and you have the tongue of the fool. You also find a contrast between the tongue of the wicked and the tongue of the righteous. We begin with a verse that I used last week. This is Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1. The wise men said, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a grievous word stirs up anger. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word soft, perhaps the, weak, the word weakness comes to mind. When we think about responding to a person, perhaps an angry person with a soft answer, we are not talking about responding in a weak or um, somewhat submissive way. A soft answer is really an answer which comes with a lot of strength and self-control. The wise men said that if we will answer people in a soft way, in a kind way, we can turn away wrath. And when you look at Proverbs 15 and verse 1, this is often not how people in the world, how the unsaved think and act. When the people in the world are attacked verbally, when they are slandered, when they are gossiped about, they often fight back. You find that as they fight back, as they respond, they may be vicious, they may with their tongue be brutal, they may be as unkind and as uncaring as they can with their speech. And sometimes they later regret that their attack was not even more forceful than it was. Proverbs 15 verse 1, though, tells us that we can use our tongue, at least in some cases, to potentially neutralize an explosive situation. A kind answer, a soft answer, can help diffuse the wrath of another person. But then, of course, if we go in the opposite direction, we can, with our tongue, also promote quarrels and bad outcomes. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to dealing with people and offering a soft answer, that can be a challenge, a daily challenge for a lot of people. But the wisest and the best way to live is to give a soft answer. That can, at least in some circumstances, be a life-altering outcome. When we think about Christians, we're talking about people, if they're spiritually mature, who have learned to use their tongue, who have learned to use their speech in a godly way. What the world has done with speech, or the tongue, has really gotten out of control. If you look at society, if you listen to society, it has its own way where it wants people to talk. It oftentimes has a narrowly defined set of words that it wants people to use. And as long as you conform to that speech, the world says, whatever else, whatever else you say, that's fine by us. But if you deviate from this playbook that we have, from our speech book, we're upset with you. And this, as I said, has really gotten out of control. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but a few days ago, this story broke. Scientists call for ditching sexist dinosaur names. Have you seen that? Well, the thinking of the world, that's where it leads. German paleobiologists have called for an overhaul of the system used in naming dinosaurs. They argue that the current nomenclature contains nearly a hundred potentially offensive names. You don't want to offend the dinosaurs. The unsaved have become so sensitive to speech that there are some people now who think that certain words, certain ideas should be criminalized if you say those things. 
As long as we avoid certain words, though, the world is usually fine with whatever people want to say and how they say it. Well, using or not using words is not exactly a new issue. I know sometimes when people see an issue, it comes up and they think, well, this is new. People before haven't had to deal with it. That is not true when it comes to speech. We think, for example, about Christians and what we find in Scripture. The Bible has talked about calling people spiritual fathers for a long time. Jesus prohibited that over in Matthew chapter 23. For those who are New Testament Christians, for a number of years, they have avoided using father to describe people who are often referred to as priests. Now, Christians don't do that because they hate somebody. Christians don't do that because they want to be unkind, but they avoid those kinds of religious titles. Another title would be reverend because of what Jesus said. When we think about calling people the right things in the right ways, we want to do that to the best of our ability, but sometimes we are prohibited. And we're prohibited because we're dealing, when it comes to speech, with truth. Christians are people who are interested in truth. And when it comes to speech, speech and truth go hand in hand. When we speak, we want to be correct. We want to be right. We want to know the truth. We want to obey the truth. And as Christians, we want to speak the truth. And we want to do those things because as Christians, we seek to be righteous people. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 8, 28 rather, still speaking about the tongue, the Bible says the heart of the righteous studies to answer. In other words, here's a person who's going to talk. And if that person wants to be a righteous individual, he or she gives consideration to what's going to be said before opening the mouth. When you look at the word translated studied here, it brings to mind careful consideration. Do you know someone who says the first thing that pops into their head? Maybe they're a quick thinker, maybe not, but something comes into the mind and they just open the mouth and they just blurt it out. Well, if you do that, sometimes that can lead to a great disaster. Solomon said that if we want to be a righteous person, we study, we consider, we give some thought to what we say before we speak. Sometimes we need to simply ponder a matter before we talk. Some of what we say, maybe a lot of what we say is going to be forgotten. In fact, a lot of the stuff that we tell someone, they simply they're not going to remember it, maybe later in the day or later in the week and certainly by the end of the year. But it's also possible to say something to someone and they never forget the words that we used. It is possible to speak words in such a way, perhaps what we say, perhaps how we say it, that those words are etched in stone, figuratively speaking. We can rarely determine the impact that our speech is going to have on another person. Because we cannot know how someone is going to receive something, Proverbs 15 and verse 28 is a very good verse to bear in mind when we think about speech. Work on measuring and considering our words before we open our mouths. Think about what we say before we say it. Because sometimes a person says, well, my emotions got the best of me. I was just fired up and I said this and I didn't really think about it. And that can happen. But as a general rule, as a basic principle of life, Proverbs 15 and verse 28 is a very helpful text when it comes to communicating with others. When we think about communication, we're talking about one person talking to one or more individuals. If we're communicating electronically, and that is something that's been popular for a number of years, we oftentimes have a lot of control over not only what we say, but how quickly we respond. And we can maybe wait several minutes, maybe an hour, maybe a few days before we send back a response. But when we're talking, it usually doesn't work like that. When we're actually speaking with someone, there is generally a natural back and forth, and people expect us to say something at some point. They want a response. Because of how verbal communication differs from electronic communication, Proverbs 18 and verse 13 is helpful. Here the writer says, He that gives an answer before he hears. That is, we speak before we fully listen to what someone has to say. 
If we do that, Scripture says it is a folly and it is a shame unto him. God tells us as we think about the tongue that it goes hand in hand with our ears. If we're communicating with someone, if someone is speaking, God says, listen to that individual, hear what they have to say. Now, sometimes that's difficult, especially if we're dealing with something, maybe it's a class that we're trying to teach or the conversation is somewhat complicated. If we're trying to think about what we're going to say as far as a response, we can become wrapped up in our own mind. We can be thinking about our own response as the person is trying to give us maybe some vital information. But answering before we finish listening is both rude and it is foolish. And that is a great way to be a poor communicator. So God says to us, Proverbs 18 and verse 13, do not do that. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 20 is also helpful in this regard. Do you see a man who's hasty in his words? There are some people who are hasty in their words. The end of the verse says there is more hope for a fool than him. Well, that certainly does not seem like a nice thing to say, to say that there's more hope for a fool than a person who is hasty in his speech. But that is straight talk. That is plain talk. God says that this is a message that people need to hear when it comes to speech. Now, someone might look at these Proverbs and think, well, okay, so far that all sounds like reasonable and good advice. But what about, as we think about telling people information, what about the truth? How important is it to be truthful with people? Our world, as we look at it, oftentimes it supports lies, it supports shades of the truth. But when we think about the tongue and we think about being a child of God, Scripture says that we want to be people who are truthful. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 6, 26. An honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. A kiss of friendship is a good thing. Such is also true for telling the truth. As we think about telling the truth, it is a sign of friendship. It is a sign of love. It is a sign of consideration as far as trying to be good to another person. In our world, it can be difficult to find people who would tell us the truth. Oh, it might work in a household where a parent tells a child the truth or the child tells a parent the truth. It might work in the household as far as one spouse telling the other spouse the truth. But there are a lot of people in our world who are not truthful or they will not tell people the truth. Now, sometimes people say, well, I don't want to tell the truth because the other person wants to hear a lie. The other person does not want to hear the truth. And there are some cases where the world is just fine with a lie and people who are unsaved may prefer a lie. A lie may temporarily make something easier or better, but a lie is always a lie. A lie is always a lie. Being truthful with people, though, if the other person is, is at least somewhat thoughtful, is at least somewhat reflective, they will ultimately appreciate that. If someone is trying to learn something and we're truthful with them, you're not doing that very well, you're doing that poorly, there is a better way to do that, that's helpful to someone. Show them that they're not headed in the right direction. Get them headed in the right direction. Lying to people or sharing the lie of someone else means that we are being dishonest. Now, someone says, well, the truth is going to hurt. Lessen the blow as much as you can, but still be truthful with people. Speech is something that Christians and non-Christians both have in common. But how speech is used by the Christian and how speech is used by the non-Christian, those two things are as different as night and day. Sometimes people, as they think about speech, they have their own ideas. The world, as we mentioned, it has very rigid, very strong ideas about speech. And the same can be true for young people. Sometimes youth have very strong ideas when it comes to how to communicate, how to talk, what words to use. And sometimes that's true for older people. There was some years back a well-known speaker, psychologist, who deals with a lot of things related to family. He was in a restaurant, and there was a mom who was having a battle with her 12-year-old daughter. The 12-year-old daughter wanted to raise her to shave her legs, and mom didn't think she was old enough. So mom and the daughter, they were going back and forth, and this was a huge battle. 
this famous speaker goes to a restaurant. The mom recognizes him and she says, I have a question for you. And she explains all that was going on in the household. And the man simply said, buy your daughter a razor. That was his answer. We see sometimes people argue over things that are not worth the effort. Sometimes people get into big battles uh, as far as verbal battles. And Proverbs deals with this in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 4. Answer not a fool according to his folly. You don't do that. You don't get down into the mud with some people and you don't sling that mud. That is not a wise thing to do. The text continues with, lest thou also be like unto him. The writer is saying that there are some things in life that are not worth a verbal altercation. There are some things in life which are not worth a verbal argument. Don't get into an argument and get drugged down to the level of another person. Now, sometimes a spirited um, disagreement needs to be had. Maybe that's going to be in the home. And sometimes uh, people get into a spirited argument and it is nothing but wasted energy. Sometimes arguments are not worth the effort. And you find sometimes, too, people are sometimes foolish. Proverbs 26 and verse 4, leave them and their arguments alone. As we think about speech, we find as we continue to look in the book of Proverbs that speech, if you want to know what a person is truly like, their personality tests and all kinds of other things, but if you really want to know what is at the core of someone's person, if you really want to see into the heart of someone, if you really want to get a shot, snapshot, you listen to their words. You listen to the words long enough and you're going to see what a person's true character is. In Proverbs 16 and verse 23, the highlighted text says, the heart of the wise instructs the mouth. And that's also true for the person who is not righteous. The person who uses foul language all the time is telling you something. They are screaming something. They are saying, this is my heart. This is what I'm really like. This is my true character. People can hide their true self for a period of time. You can go out on a date with someone, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe a month, maybe even several months. And it seems like the person is fine because they're cloaking their speech. You're not see, seeing what the real individual is like. It's often been said that eyes are a window to the soul. There may be some truth in that. But I'll tell you, regardless of how truthful that is, it's also the case that what people say is a window to their soul. It is a window to their true self. The person who is a Christian speaks differently than everybody else. As we look at Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 16, the heart of the righteous person speaks right things. That simply means that they speak in a way which is consistent with the information that we find in Scripture. As we look at our world, the world says, well, this is right, this is correct, this is fair, this is proper speech. I've always been amazed at those kinds of claims because the world never really goes back and says, this is right or this is fair for these reasons. Generally, the only reason that it can give is that this is the majority. We have several people who believe this, therefore, this is right. The Bible, though, gives us a different perspective. The Bible says that we were created by God. The Bible says that we are accountable by God. And Scripture tells us what is right or what is proper. Christians have a guide that is the Bible. And it is that book which helps guide and direct and even control their thinking. Every single person who becomes a Christian needs to have that conscience developed by the scriptures so that their thinking is correct. And when we have an understanding of what's right, when we know what is the will of God, as our conscience has been properly trained, then we will speak what we know and we will say right things. Christians don't do this to condemn others. Sometimes people who are Christians get a bad rap from the world. They will say, you're unkind, you're unhateful, you are not loving, all those kinds of things. It's not us. It's not us. But those things that we speak, those things that we teach have come from God. When it comes to telling the people the truth, 
when it comes to sharing what is fair and right, that's not always a popular thing, especially in today's world. And sometimes if a Christian expresses a view which is found in the Bible or supported by Scripture, people are literally shocked. But as we look at Proverbs 26, 23, and verse 16, we speak the right things even when those things are unpopular. We are kind, but we also speak the truth, even those things may, may be hurtful or upset people at times. When we think about the Christian and their speech, we're talking about someone who can be depended on to be truthful. Those who prefer to believe lies do not like people who know, follow, and speak the truth. Speech is one of the most powerful tools that we have. Animals can do some of the thing, same things that people do, and they can communicate in their own way. But as we think about speech, it is one of the most powerful tools on the planet. Let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 8. There, the Bible says, Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, and deceive not with thy lips. We can use our speech to build up. We can use our speech to exhort and comfort and console. When we think about children, for example, in homes, they can be made to feel better. As we think about teachers, they can do good things for the kids. When we think about the tongue, it can be used to promote reconciliation. It can also be used to deceive. It can be used to shred another person. When we think about deception here, we find that it is not difficult to find in our world. But if we're going to be a true Christian, our speech is not going to be deceitful. Some of what Christians say may hurt at times, but we are going to tell the truth. Building a little bit more as far as the power of speech, we've got Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Death and life, those two great things, death and life, the wise men said, are in the power of the tongue. The tongue is that powerful. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. As we think about our speech, it can shred another person. It can tear them down. It can leave wounds which are lifelong. Sometimes it's sent people into counseling. Our speech can be better than any hospital, and it can be worse than any battlefield. If you want to build someone up, sometimes positive speech can be better than a million dollars. And if you want to tear someone down, sometimes the right words can be worse than the most vicious kind of beating. Tongues can be weapons of mass destruction, or they can be words of life-giving comfort. And we get that choice. We're able to make the decision on how we're going to use our speech. Notice this paraphrase of Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 18. Rash language cuts and maims, and that's true. But there is healing in the words of the wise. Again, it is a reminder of how powerful, how forceful our speech. As we think about the power of speech, it again takes us back to the human heart. What is at the core of our being? The person that we truly are, it comes out of our mouth. We eventually reveal our true character by our speech. When we look at the book of Proverbs, it is a book filled with wise sayings. If you were to count up the number of times that we read about speech in this book, you'd find that there are about 90 references to it. There's probably more references to speech and the tongue in Proverbs than any other book and maybe all the books of the Bible combined. When you look at this book, you find that there are about 150 references to the lips, to the mouth, and the tongue. Solomon, as he was that wise man, as he was writing these Proverbs, he thought that talking about speech was important in his day. And certainly as we look at our day and time, we see the relevance of this subject. This amount of information tells us that the topic is not only important, it tells us that this is a challenging part of our lives as we seek to live for God. Out of all the things that can get us into trouble, and there are a bunch, speech probably tops the list. And that's why the wise man said this, in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 23. 
The person who keeps his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. And that is exactly right. Have you ever thought about the number of times that you open your mouth in a single day? I never thought about that until this past week. I'm not sure who came up with this calculation, but someone estimated that we open our mouths, and I suppose that's for various things. I don't know that people open their mouths 700 times a day to talk. But it's been estimated that we open our mouths 700 times every single day. That's a bunch. Out of all the muscles that we exercise in the body, the mouth gets an excellent workout. And people have also tried to estimate the number of words that we speak. And it is amazing. It is phenomenal. And that's going to vary a little bit from person to person, gender to gender. But it's been estimated that the average person opening their mouth 700 times a day creates the equivalent of 66 books each year. And each of those 66 books is 800 pages. Would you believe that you're communicating that amount of information every single year? You are creating 66 books with 800 pages each. That is a ton of information. What's coming out of our mouth? What came out of our mouth this morning as we were getting ready to come here? If we had yesterday as a day off, what came out of our mouth? As we think about the last week, in the neighborhood, in the home, in the workplace, in the school, what came out of our mouth? Did that speech line up with the Proverbs that we've looked at thus far? Or are we looking at speech which was able to cut, ruin, and destroy? If it did, someone says, well, I need to clean up my language. Well, that's true. But what did we see? The language really comes from the heart. The speech is merely a byproduct of the heart. So if we have a speech problem, we really have a heart problem. If the heart is right, the speech, generally speaking, is going to be right as well. Where is our heart? What's our heart like? Someone says, well, I think I have a pretty good heart. I don't do all these things, and maybe not. But if we were judged by our speech, what would our record be? Is your heart right with God? And is your speech right with God? Someone says, well, I need to make some improvements in there. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, the improvement starts with becoming a Christian. And that process is easy. Faith, repentance, confession, baptism. And after those steps, we continue to modify or purify that heart. The Bible refers to that as sanctification. We become set apart for the service of God. Can we help you with your heart? Either to become a Christian and start on the new path that God has set for his people. Or perhaps to strengthen you as a Christian or get you back on the right path. If you have a need and it comes to your heart or something else, we'd like to assist you with that and do that now as we stand and sing.